E-Tidings Cosmos, Good Morning, 21st Century World of Worlds. This is Radio Richard Ireland, coming to you from within the soundproofless studio of life itself. Thormila Falcher Rothensha I am your host, Richard Avera, a self-originating planetart philosopher of the natural kind. Hear this, listener, give it here your fullness of ear. From the beginning there is breath, and upon that breath there are words. In a vision of a weekend, I found myself to be in a desert, where therein I happened upon one who was leading a handful of people. And they were coming on along some distance behind him. They were grumbling and moaning away among themselves, Then the one who was leading them stopped walking and waited for them to catch up. And he spoke unto them, saying, What is it you are constantly grumbling and moaning away about among yourselves as you come along? When we were captives in the land of the arrow of time, we always had a glimmer of happiness. At least we knew how to easily interpret reality. We knew what was the past, we knew what was the present, and what might be the future. And we could eat of this sound knowing whenever we so wished, and to our heart's content. It was the same knowledge of which our ancestors ate, and we were contented with knowing that what was good enough for them was most assuredly good enough for us too. We greatly miss that way of life, that way of looking at reality. Out here in this wilderness, we are but eating abstraction and nihilism. We feel we have somehow dishonoured the wisdom of our ancestors. Look, rather than be leading us on any further into this unknown, this uncertainty, please turn about and lead us back to from whence we came, lead us back to the land of the arrow of time. I know it is difficult for you, but if you can but walk with me through this transition, walk with me till we reach to the at-present-out-of-sight seashore, you will, I promise, be able to eat a new kind of knowledge, a knowledge the likes of which you have never tasted before. And even with having fully tasted it, you still want to be returned to that land. I will lead you back through the desert to it. Is that fair? Fair it is. Lead on to the seashore. We will follow you. And they, with somewhat less grumbling and mourning, followed him to the at-present out-of-sight seashore. With reaching it and tasting the new kind of knowledge, they spoke unto their leader, saying, The ways of the land of the arrow of time we willingly let go. Here we will remain, and our lives anew begin to sow. And the sage in the digital age speaks of the philosopher of old, saying, I was, he said, watching seventeen geese coming in to alight on the very calm surface of seashore waters. And although they appeared to be a little exhausted, as if they had flown a great distance, they were excitedly paddling about in the shallow waters. And they waddled ashore onto some strewn-about seaweed, 
The sky was somewhat overcast, with a few sunspots in the distance way out along on both promontories of the bay. The tide was quietly on its way out. Two youngish old women came along, and we waved to each other, and they went over and were chatting with the geese, welcoming them to the island shore, uh, waters, inquiring of them where they had come from, and saying that surely they must be feeling very tired for having journeyed such a great distance. In today's broadcast I'll be reading from As You Like It, Tao Dai Jing, and the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. This is a reading in continuity from As You Like It. Now tell me how long you would have her after you have possessed her. Forever and a day. Say a day without the ever. No, no, Orlando, men are April when they woo, December when they wait, maids are May when they are maids, but the sky changes when they are wives. I will be more jealous of thee than a Barbary cock-pigeon over his hen, more clamorous than a parrot against rain, more new-fangled than an ape, more giddy in my desires than a monkey. I will weep for nothing, like Diana on the fountain, and I will do that when you are disposed to be merry. I will laugh like a hyen, and that when you are thou art inclined to sleep. But will my Rosalind do so? By my life she will do as I do. Oh, but she is wise. Or else she would not have the wit to do this. The wise of the waywarder make the doors open upon a woman's wit, and it will out at the casement. Shut that, and twill out at the keyhole. Shut that, twill fly with the smoke out at the chimney. A man that had a wife with such a wit, he might say, Which way the wilt? Nay, you might keep that check for it till you met your wife's wit going to your neighbour's bed. And what wit could wit have to excuse that? Marry to say she came to seek you there. You shall never take her without her answer, unless you take her without her tongue. Oh, that woman that cannot make her fault her husband's occasion— let her never nurse her child herself, for she will breed it like a fool. For these two hours, Rosalind, I will leave thee. Alas, dear love, I cannot lack thee two hours. I must attend the duke at dinner. By two o'clock I will be with thee again. I go your ways, go your ways. I knew what you would prove. My friends told me as much, and I thought no less. That flattering tongue of yours won me. "'Tis but one cast away, and so, come, death, two o'clock is your hour?' "'Aye, sweet Rosalind. "'By my throat, and in good earnest, and so God mend me, "'and by all pretty oaths that are not dangerous, "'if you break one jot of your promise, or come one minute behind your hour, "'I will think you the most pathetical break promise, "'and the most hollow lover, and the most unworthy of her who call Rosalind, "'that may be chosen out of the gross band of the unfaithful.' Therefore beware my censure, and keep your promise. With no less religion than if thou wert indeed my Rosalind, so adieu. Well, time is the old justice that examines all such offenders, and let time try. Adieu. You have simply misused our sex in your love prate. We, we must have your doublet and hose plucked over your head, and show the world what the bird had done to her own nest. 
Oh, cause, 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 my pretty little cause, uh, thou didst know how many fathom, uh, how many fathom deep I am in love. But it cannot be sounded. My affection had an unknown bottom, like the Bay of Portica, or rather bottomless, that as fast as you, pu as you pour affection in, it runs out. No, the same wicked bastard of Venus that was begot of thought, conceived a spleen and born of madness, that blind rascally boy that abuses everyone's eyes because his own are out, let him be judge how deep I am in love. I will tell thee, Alina, I cannot be out of the sight of Orlando. I'll go a shadow and sigh till he come, and I'll sleep. Tao Dai Jing, Installment 41 The students of the highest class, when they hear about the Tao, try hard to put it into practice. The students of middle class, when they hear about the Tao, seem to be aware and yet unaware of it. The students of the lowest class, when they hear about it, laugh greatly at it. If it were not thus laughed at, it would not be the Tao. Therefore I try to give a few words about the Tao practitioners. Those who are advancing in the Tao seem drawing back. The Tao's way is even, but seems like a rugged track. The superior Te is inclusive to anything as a valley. The purest character seems humiliating. The abundant Te seems destitute. And the Te is established secretly as a thief proceeding to do his work. Its solid truth seems to undergo change. Its larger square does no corner show. The great masterpieces are slow in completion. The hugest note is seldom sounded. The greatest image has no certain form. The Tao is hidden and has no name, but it is adept at lending its power and bringing fulfillment. This is an interpretation, after my own fashioning, of some lines from the true classic of Southern Taoist fragrance. No three-star visitor spoke to me, saying, Humaculate of error, what stories, what anecdotes, what insights do you bring to this new dawn? A king of the Tyrone Landry, upon reaching his forty-ninth year of life, and with realizing that although he had heard of the forward-return movement of reality, knew nothing whatsoever about it, and so decided to travel south in search of a sage who might bring him into an understanding of it. Now, after nine days of zigzagging his way southwards, he came upon a sage who said to him, I have heard that your majesty is one of the wisest rulers in all the land. I may have some wisdom for sure, but I would hardly wish to be considered the wisest ruler in all the land, for I know next to nothing concerning the forward-return movement of reality. Should you know of it, I would like to learn of it from you, if I may. How thus far have you sought to understand it, Your Majesty? In my late teens to early twenties, 
I sought it in words and phrases, in language did I seek it, but after five to seven years to more, I still had not got it. And how then did you approach it? I sought it in measures and numbers, and yet, after a decade or more, I still had not got it. And from how then did you seek it, Your Majesty? I sought it in the land and waters about me, and in the blue and cloudy skies of day and the moonlit starry heavens of night, and with years having moved onwards, I still had not found it. If the forwarding movement, if the returning movement, if the forward-return movement of reality could be easily presented to people, Your Majesty, there would be no one who wouldn't have knowledge of it according to their level of learning of all things. How then shall we apply these movements to, say, an understanding of the two seasons, the seasons of light and the season of dark? Where are you now, Your Majesty, in these seasons? According to my calculations, we are some fifty-three days out from the solstice of most light, and we are proceeding through the season of dark, till in some one hundred and thirty days we will reach the solstice of most dark. Would you take this to be the pattern of the ever-coming and going of these seasons, Your Majesty? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, why wouldn't I? For ever since my childhood these seasons have been proceeding and succeeding one another from dark to light, light to dark. And so too has this same the story been told from my ancestors going way back into the ever-old. And no doubt it will be passing me out and down onto my own descendants. So now... We, you would say, are in the ever-increasing season of dark, and you would say that the season of light came before it. Would that be right, Your Majesty? Yes, th that would be right. How could it be any other way? And would you also say, Your Majesty, that after this season of dark will come the season of light? Yes, I would say that to be right, too. How could it be any other way? Then... How about the other way round, Your Majesty? The other way round? What do you mean? What if I were to say to you, Your Majesty, that the season of light up ahead, coming after this now season, this season of dark, came before it? You say it came before it? Impossible. For only after comes after before. For instance, tomorrow comes after today. We can't say, no, we can't be saying, tomorrow came before today. Ah, but we can, Your Majesty. Tomorrow came before today. And not alone is that true in word, even in numbers, but also is it so in actuality. Are you implying, are you saying that, then, that tomorrow is already in existence? Yes, I am, Your Majesty. And would you then also perhaps be implying, also be saying that all of the tomorrows ever to come are already in existence? Yes, I would be saying that and implying that, Your Majesty. The only reason we have today is because it was already in existence. And the only way we will have tomorrow is that it too is already in existence. I had hoped to gain an in-depth understanding of the forward-return movement of reality from you, but all you have presented me with is some kind of paradox, an enigma. In a plain and simple way, Your Majesty, have I just described for you a more rounded way of viewing reality, 
than that of the incomplete way, namely the traditional way, the classic way, your way of only seeing things from the point of view of the past, the present, and the future. Somehow I am not perceiving it. Everything, Your Majesty, is first presented in the forwarding movement. Even a surplus of everything is there of everything presented. In the returning movement, there is a tremendous freedom of choice available. When we are returning, we can choose any route we wish to take, and that route we can change to other routes as many times as we wish. I look upon the past, I look upon the present, and I look upon the future as the fateful firm foundations in which I may build my wealth. This is the proper thing for me. I cannot give it up. I have through these sought distinction. I cannot give up the thought of fame. With the help of these have I been able to cleave to absolute power. I cannot give it away to others. I hold an unyielding grasp on these, and as such I am ever afraid, no more like I am ever terrified am I of losing them. If I were to let go of them, I would, I believe, be greatly grieved. And I have heard it said that to be trying to look at reality other than by way of the past, the present, and the future is to be exercising the height of foolishness. This is what I have learned here today in your presence with listening to your words. I will, as such from this day forth, look upon the forward-return movement of reality as being invalid. I would, however, like to put one more question to you, if I may. Certainly, Your Majesty. If, if I were to accept, just say, if I were to accept the forward-return movement of reality, would I be able to have it as the foundation on which I may increase my present wealth? Could I seek and attain greater distinction by it? Would it allow me to indefinitely maintain absolute power? In other words, could I without fear continue to hold a firm grasp on my wealth, my distinction and my power? If I were to accept it, would I be happy? Would I be even exceedingly happy? Your way, Your Majesty, your way of looking at everything by means of the past, the present and the future is but to be culturing yourself exceedingly narrowly and restrictively. Where is the happiness in that? Let that way of looking at reality go, and you will begin to know a bountifulness of wealth that is not of things based, a distinction most admirable will you have that is not bestowed upon you, a power that is not over others but will be over self. What greater happiness can there be, Your Majesty, than being free to be happy? I would have you not merely to be happy, though, but to be contented, for I take contentment to be of a greater value than happiness. Happiness happens only, it comes and goes, whereas contentment, once it arrives, tends to abide. In a dawn reverie of this new day, Meditated I on what an immortal self of mine did say, did lovingly relay, way back in days of long, long, long gone by. O mortal self of mine, when with living in your own realm and time, you will from the dwelling places of beside yourself 
behind yourself, before yourself, below yourself, above yourself, and even from within yourself, yourself will you be beholding joyfully. All right, I will leave it at that for today. Enjoy taking very good care of yourself and those around you. Be ever so grateful for your many blessings, and spare a thought too for peoples living in faraway places, in all different kinds of situations, often very difficult and not at all of their own making. You have been listening to a planet Earth philosopher of the natural kind, bringing radio to the Internet via Radio Richard Island. The script format of today's broadcast will be available at a future date on AuthenticCloseddramaScripts.com. It is truly an honor to have your listening. It is more than a voice in your ear. There is power in listening, more than a phrase in your eye. Insight there is in reading. Enjoy both, and please do spread the word. Thank you ever so much. Richard. May you be a blessing unto yourself by way of your past, by way of your present, and by way of your future. Sloan August Benacht Latt. <laughs>